welcome to the Immortal Art Podcast. I'm your host, Eldin. This is episode 19, Art Stories number 1, The Lion Man. You can support this podcast on Patreon, you can get the early access to the episodes, and you can vote what next bonus episode will be. All of that for the price of a cup of coffee per month, or even less, and you can cancel it whenever you want. The link is below. Check it out. You can subscribe and follow this podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can reach me at the Immortal Art Podcast at gmail.com. Please rate this podcast or leave a like on YouTube. Thank you. Welcome to the new segment, Art Stories. I will explore the possibilities and the ways artists created their artwork. I will share all we know about the specific artwork. I will present a story about how I imagine the art piece was created, a fictional story written by me. You are more than welcome to leave a comment or write to me and give me your feedback. Today, I'm going to talk about one of the true treasures of our organization art, the Lion Man. This extraordinary ivory carving depicting a lion-headed figurine, holds the title of being the oldest known anthropomorphic animal carving in the world. It was discovered in a cave within Hochlestein mountain, situated in the Swabian Jura of southwest Germany. Carbon dating tests place this prehistoric masterpiece to be old around 38,000 years, making it the earliest known European art featuring a human figurine. Its hybrid nature, part lion and part human, evokes parallel with figurines found in a cave painting across Europe, possibly representing a shaman with a lion mask. The significance of this find is heightened by proximity of other unique Stone Age works, including the Venus of Hochlefels, the oldest so-called Venus figurine, and the earliest ivory carving of a mammoth. The discovery of the Lion Man takes us back to 1939, when archaeologist Robert Wetzel stumbled upon pieces of sculpture in the Stadel Hochle cave in the Lone Valley in the Swabian Alps. Put aside during the upheaval of the Second World War, the fragments were later rediscovered and partially resembled in 1969 by Professor Joachim Hahn. It wasn't until 1997 and 1998 the traditional fragments, including the head, were found, leading to the full restoration of this remarkable and indeed immortal ivory carving. Crafted for mammoth ivory using a simple flint cutting tool, the lion man's dimensions are 31 centimeters tall, 5 centimeters wide, and 6 centimeters thick. It is currently in the Ulm Museum in the town of Ulm in Germany. The true essence of the figurine remains shrouded in mystery. The motifs and the ideas that birthed this masterpiece, of course, along with the identity of the artist, remain elusive. To better understand the Lion Man's place in the evolution of Stone Age art, we can draw comparisons with other masterpieces, like the half-man, half-animal figurine in Fumane Cave in Italy, a painting of our nation era. Radiometric tests 
the alignment to the late Aurignacian culture, a Paleolithic era marked by developments in tool culture, including the creation of more sophisticated plinth tools. In this era, people also increased the use of antler, bone and ivory. Why did the creator carve a being with a fusion of human and lion attributes? Was it a symbolic representation, a deity, or perhaps an artistic reflection of the challenges faced during the harsh Ice Age environment? Was it a toy? These questions persist, and the answers, much like Lion Man itself, remain unknown. I had to add, none of that really matters. What is important is the mind who had to imagine a being beyond nature. Did it give a meaning to the creator? To his clan? The figurine is polished by extensive touching, probably being passed from hand to hand in countless generations. I'm very fascinated with the Lion Man. It doesn't exist in the nature. Someone had to imagine it. The Ice Age Lion was the biggest and the scariest animal in the Ice Age environment. It was bigger than the African lion. It didn't have a mane. What the sculptor has done is carved a human figurine with legs, groins, belly button in the right place, strong, broad shoulders, and the head of a lion. It was made with such care and naturalistic features that we can see that he's watching and listening something or someone. The ears were carved to be turned in a state of alertness. His mouth are carved in a grin, almost, at least to me, as an arrogant grin, almost saying, I'm gonna get you. The artist who created this hybrid creature had clothes, made fire, hunt without claws, hunt with spears, yet the creator of it was in awe of this animal. Someone was very fascinated, in admiration, in awe with lions, I imagine. I imagine. Leaning against the cave wall, a slim teenager stands behind the seated hunters, each clutching a spear in preparation for the hunt. Kyle's gaze is fixed on his father, the shaman, adorned with the cave lion's head. Fire crackles, shadows dance on the opposite gray cave wall as the old man in the lion skin moves in a rhythmic trance. The shaman's steps narrate a tale of primal connection between a man, a beast, and the fire in front of him. Kel absorbs the ritual's essence, a legacy of reverence for the cave lion, a spirit animal of their clan guarding their existence. Kyle's wide eyes follow each move, a silent enchantment, a communion with the unseen force of spirits beyond. In flickering flames, a primal ritual unfolds, as essential as the air they breathe. The boy knows, one day, his father will pass down the dance and the knowledge to him. His role, one day, will be to speak with the world beyond and to pray for the successful hunt. The teenager will be a man soon. As his father, the shaman continues, the boy dreams silently of his future greatness. 
he yearns to become as his father in front of him, to embody the sacred bond between the cave lion and his clan. The dance, a rhythmic awe to the hunt, fuels Kyle's imagination. He dreams about making his own cloak after he slays the cave lion himself. The clan leader stands up. The shaman paints his forehead with the black and red paint. The clan leader raises his hand, signaling departure. Hunters assemble one by one, faces adorned with paint, spears in hand, ready for the hunt. Hunters exit the cave, vanishing into the wilderness, leaving behind the flickering warmth of the clan's fire. Kyle and his father remains in the cave as the guardian of the sacred flame. Kyle lingers in the shadows, eyes following the departing man. Beside him, his father, the shaman, stands in silence. The shaman places a hand on Kyle's shoulder, a silent understanding passing between them. Together, they wait. Despite his admiration for his father and the shamanic rituals, Kyle has a fear of becoming the clan's future shaman. Kyle is wondering if he will ever possess the connection with the spiritual realm that his father effortlessly embodies. This fear of failure is fear that Kyle may not be able to do what his father is doing. Kyle is alone with his thoughts and uncertainties. In the cave stillness, Kyle's hand, restless from the hunter's departure, finds solace in the scattered bones. He finds an ivory bone, cold to the touch. Unconsciously, he starts scraping. The rhythmic motions are without immediate purpose, an instinctive response to the looming weight. Yet, as the ivory yields, a form takes shape. Kyle, oblivious to the creation's nature, continues carving. Propelled by this unconscious force, in the dance of firelight, the ivory transforms into the cave lion man. Delicate and precise features emerge, a fusion of human and beast. The process becomes a personal ritual, a bridge between his current self and the shaman, his father, whom he inspires to be. Lost in the act, Kyle questions whatever he sculpts himself or his father. As they wait for the hunters to come from the wilderness, Kyle's hand shapes the ivory with innate skill, an artistic language of spirits. The spirit comes and takes over. Kyle understands that. The cave lion man, born from waiting and uncertainty, stands silent, a testament to Kyle's connection with the world beyond. Upon completing the small statue, Kyle observes it. The ivory cave lion man stands as a testament to Kyle's ability to transform his fears into something meaningful. He adds the grin on his face, reflecting his own. When the hunters return, Kyle, now more confident and at peace with his destiny, is ready to take on the challenges that lie ahead. 
the statue serve as a reminder of his fears and the source of inspiration and courage for the journey ahead. Years later, he gives the statue to his daughter to play with it. This is the first story about the creation of artworks from Paleolithic. As I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, we don't know anything about the creators of the Lion Man. We don't know anything about their motives. We don't know anything about their needs to carve the statue. Was it only an artistic need and nothing else? Was it really just a toy? I hope you liked my imagination of the story behind the creation of the Lion Man. If you like these stories, please let me know. Thank you. This concludes this episode. I don't know else what to say in this episode. I want to thank you for joining and listening. I hope I inspired you. I hope you learned something. The music is performed by my friend Sebastian. You can check his band Cadavra. The link is below. Enjoy the song. Until the next time. Goodbye. Thank you.